When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Quarter Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clum, alongside my two co-hosts. We're going with the OG3 tonight. Intern Chris is enjoying himself at Eagle uh, Diamondbacks in Phillies Game 1, which first pitch is in about an hour from now when we're recording. So, ladies and gentlemen, obviously welcome in. I am joined by, of course, Mr. Ruck and Mr. Matthew Ordazzo, that smug-looking... Foofy looking hair, Jets fan. He gets one. Yeah, he sh- now he looks like even more of a weenie without the beard. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm not yeah. hostile, but I'm not friendly today. Let's put it that way. I, I don't. Let's not get it twisted. Nothing. I am not. Listen, Miami put me in a bad mood. Eagles cemented it. The Diamondbacks are here, so I don't like commit like a crime tomorrow. Yeah, I um. Well, one I want to know: Does Chris have like hookups or something? Because like he's this is his second playoff game in like a week. I'm like, I remember these tickets were always not so cheap. I need to know if this guy has some sort of ticket plug I can. Uh, talk he's to got him. some kind of plug. There's there. no, ain't no way. <laughs> no, that was. Uh, I mean, it was a good week of football. I mean, I I didn't do too hot in the college picks. I think I like split it two for two, including my. Yeah, I split it two um, for two as well. Yeah, no. I, NFL wise, hey, I am on top of the world. That was an interesting game. That was a weird game. I I I was surely positive when there was like a minute and fifty something left in the game. I, we had like one or two timeouts left. I'm like, all right, Jalen Hurts is gonna just run the ball. We're gonna use our timeout. He's gonna run it again. Use our last timeout, and then he'll get the first down, kneel it, and then that's the end of the game. And he just, I saw him throw it. I'm like, what the? F- what is going on? And then you know we intercept it, and then we scored. And I'm like, holy shit! Like we scored really early. Like there's like a minute forty something left on the clock, and the Eagles still have like two timeouts left. I was like, why didn't they just like kill some time? And defense showed up again. But that was a. I don't know if you felt the same way, but when Jake Elliott missed that kick, I feel like they didn't yeah. stop playing the replay of it. And I'm sitting at my house like, all right, cool, I get it. Can we like get to the next play? I've seen this about eight times. They just showed it on TV. Uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly. That game was just – I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm just like the vibe fell off from kickoff, and I'm just like – Jalen just didn't – It mean, looked like he had one of those days. He's just like – Yeah, and you know what? It happens to everyone. Josh Allen last night on Sunday night, but it's just like oh, some night, man, you just don't have it. Last night was the sports apocalypse, a sports eclipse because Kyle Pitts had a touchdown. The 49ers were upset by the Browns. The Bills were almost upset by the Giants. The Jets upset the Eagles. 
It was the football NFL lunar solar. What the fuck eclipse? Yeah. I will stand by that. That might be the episode because I am just like this entire week was just a giant. What the f-? like the Bengals drive down the field, like the no, the Seahawks drive drive right down the field and throw an interception again. And I'm just like, what is happening? The like, Panthers did so- once have a 14 point lead on my end. Yeah, but then Raheem Moser did Raheem Moser. I know. I mean, it, it lasted a little bit, but I was like, holy shit, like Panthers are 14 to nothing against them. Yeah. Um, I said, did anybody have that on their bingo card for this weekend? Yeah, this was an interesting week of football. Like you said, there's a lot of teams out there that won that really weren't supposed to win. And I think that if any team got screwed the most, it had to be the Giants. I mean, that was a blatant. Oh, totally blatant got hosed. But you know what? Like, a... Giants fans were harassing me after that game. So karma's a bitch. Oh, yeah. Obviously, that. Yeah. But that, they got hosed. I mean, that was a, it was a good call. They called on Waller when they gave him that one last play. But he was, a, that was the clearest they hold on him. I mean, he's a, by himself in the end zone with this other defender. How could not one ref see that? And you can blatantly see him tugging down on his jersey. Like, that should have been another penalty. And, um, but you know, and the NFLs can't—they can't always, you know—they got to protect their favorites, is what I've noticed. Yeah. To, wow. Jordan home run. Muhammad, was it a single? Yeah, single solo. solo? That sucks, man. Because Tucker, Tucker. So Tucker, it's two outs, right? Tucker, uh, three-two count, just grounds out to the pitcher. God damn, man. <laughs> That's shitty. Anyway, yeah. To me, just touching on that Bills uh, Giants game last night, man. I'll tell you what. So, to me, and I don't know if you guys share the same opinion. We didn't talk about it in the chat or anything last night. But for me, the no call, the untimed down at the like the last play of the game. To me, that's that's more of a pi or a hold than than the play before it. To me, that and that like. Second one, clear as day, man. Right in front of the referee. I don't know how the hell you don't make that call. I guess maybe they didn't, you know, want to make back-to-back calls. I I don't know what's going through the referee's head right there. But if I'm a Giants fan, man, and I see that, you know, replay, I am just heated because that is just such a clear, like, you know, he is impairing Waller from like making that catch in every single way possible. So I don't know how that's not a penalty. In- I, it was an, it's just the game felt off to me, right? So you ever have one of those games where you're watching, but you're not paying attention whatsoever? I mean, to be fair, I also had a split screen going because I had Starfield on my main TV and I had the Bills Giants game the other. I needed it to go like get lost in a video game for an hour after the game. So I'm like, I am not going to say something nice to somebody and I'm going to regret it tomorrow morning. So, but Mace, you're right. Like every, like that last play just kind of summarized how that whole game went. Everything just, and and it was, so I was watching Astros and then I caught probably like half of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter of the NFL game. Um, And I mean, obviously I checked the score at the half. I'm like six, nothing, you know, fuck this. There's no way I'm cutting this on. And then I had digs and fantasy, so I was like, "Well, you know what? I'll ch- you know I'll tune in, whatever. I got nothing better to do." So turned it on, and I mean, it was just—I I will say the throw that Allen made on the was it the second touchdown? Awesome throw! I mean, the tightest window ever. That was awesome. But other than that, terrible game. You know, just awful. So. 
I know that I know Joe Shane and Brian Dable don't have any ties to Daniel Jones in the sense of they didn't draft him, but Joe Shane did pay him. So if if they're in contention for a top three or four pick, is there any you know, do you guys see any scenario where they try and make some sort of run at Caleb Williams and maybe flip Daniel Jones to like whoever has number one pick? Here's what I'll say. Yeah, uh, I'll go first. I just I don't know who's who is either trading for that contract, who is like taking a flyer on Daniel Jones and giving up, you know, let's say like New York, you know, let's say they win some games and they're not, you know, really in the position to like like they're not in contention for that one pick. <clears throat> yeah. Um, or the two pick even. Like I just don't know who is taking that, like, number one, that contract from Jones. And I don't know what the draft capital situation is for New York. Maybe one of you guys knows. But, I mean. It's not great. It's, like, bottom average of the league kind of. It's, like. And, and and you have to figure, man, like, whoever, you know, let's say it's Chicago, right? Let's say Chicago. It's probably going to be Chicago or Arizona, right? In all likelihood. I think it's fair to say. <clears throat> I'll throw and, a hat in the ring for Carolina. And, and, well, like, my thing is, like, I could see Arizona maybe moving off the one pick, but I, I just, at this point, man, I, I see Chicago moving off field so easily, like, so quickly. So I think it would take a just a king's ransom for anybody to make that move to one and I don't know if teams are going to be willing to give up the price that a Chicago or an Arizona wants for Caleb Williams. Well, here's the other thing I got to consider is that like a lot of the teams that there's so many quarterbacks that are coming out. Like Drake may obviously look really good on Saturday. You have Caleb Williams, Michael Penix just looked like, whoo! and if you got a quarterback who you can play for like another year, just let Penix kind of breathe a little bit and get him get his head right and everything. It's a perfect situation. Then there's I know I'm, I'm I know I'm missing one or two quarterbacks already. You got Penix, you got May, you got Williams. There's yeah, one I'm missing. Viewers. You yeah yeah. Viewers, McCarthy, Bo Nix, yeah. yeah. and I'll even throw in Van Dyke, even though he looked like absolute ass the last two games. But you know it's like that's six quarterbacks who will go probably in the top 100 players for sure. Oh, so it's like you know there's a lot of people got to realize this is this kind of reminds me of the Hurts. Um, Burrow yeah. and two a year where there's a lot of QB depth. It's not Herbert, like Herbert, Herbert was yeah. in that draft. It's not going to be know? like the, the Lawrence draft where it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, 50 feet of shit, that eagle beating son of a bitch, and then everything else. All right. About Zach Wilson. Nice little walk here for the Strohs. Okay. There you go. And you're not, so you guys down what, 5 4 right so now? It's, so it's 5 4, two outs. We got Brantley up. Um, you know, I just got to keep the train moving. Thing. I remember when you still you still playing for the Indians at that point, like back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was awesome for Dude, he, too. Fantasy baseball was my for him was my shit. Him and JBJ were like my hidden weapons because I I always would draft like Goldschmidt or somebody first overall, like to get like a real like a power hitting first baseman. Yeah. and then I go for like those outfielders who are good for like twenty home runs, twenty plus two baggers, and like a couple like a couple RBIs, just. Fantasy baseball expert, right there. I'm the fucking terrible fantasy baseball. Um, now nah, Mace, besides Debo getting hurt, man, my uh, the, the uh, Swift trade paid off okay with the touchdown. I got uh, I did okay. I honestly, though, every time I make one of those trades where I make a lot of moves every year, that first week, I always get screwed. Like, I will 
but I ended up winning because Raheem Mozart is. Oh man, I'm so happy I traded Kirk, Christian Kirk for him, and I'm yeah. so happy I asked for it. Yeah, I mean, in most leagues, it's, it's like to. I think in most leagues, honestly, if you're kind of in like a, I don't know, maybe a ten or eight man. I mean, I I saw in two of my leagues, Moser was on waivers. I wasn't able to pick him up, but he was on waivers prior to two weeks ago. Um, so the Shane came in and rolled him over. That's I can't believe how somebody would drop him though. I just after like one. I'm, I'm with you, man. If, because simply, it's like handcuff right like handcuff you know it's like dropping eli mitchell and it's like now if you're an eli mitchell owner it's like you're in an awesome spot the fuck up is everyone bought this a chain hype but dude it was he was a quick like one touch and go back he's gonna blow off an 85 but like it was none of his care his play wasn't sustainable and this is like when i look at a a guy who's gonna blow up mason you can correct me the fancy expert here i'm just a film nerd Maybe this is where I actually get the advantage over some guys who are just like, look at stats. I look at your style of play like, is it sustainable? Like, I would never draft Boston Scott because he's only good for three games a year where he literally goes off for 50 points. It's not sustainable unless you know where it's going to be, which it, it basically just play Boston Scott against the New York Giants. Um, but besides that, like, if like with HN, HN, it was a, like what, 10 carries for like 250 yards because he was just getting these 50 yard bursts. And it's at the same time, it's like that's not sustainable over the season. And I knew it. Like the second I'm like, he's going to take a hit, he's going to get knocked out, and he's going to kill half of the fantasy football owners who have him. So- and 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 on top of all of that, like you're saying, Jared, which is all very true. On top of all that, just a astronomically high usage of of him by the Dolphins after the what was that? Was that week four? You know, the week four explosion that he had. You know. What do you have? Like twenty something fantasy points, and you know, like two, three touchdowns, and the Dolphins won seventy to twenty. He had forty eight that week, actually. Yeah, something crazy. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, crazy high usage, big playability, sure, awesome, super high upside, but you know, similar to McCaffrey, right? Total, like, like super high usage equals high injury risk like and not really like in a way like just like yeah a lot of risk a lot of risk if you're a manager so yeah I I always think about that when you're picking up dude I mean you can't really do it with McCaffrey because McCaffrey is just like almost in a way irreplaceable but with a guy like A-Chain you know why would you not pick up a dude like Mostert if you can get both of them you know well, one thing I brought up with uh, one of our a friend of the show, our good boy who does our intro music, Mr. Jeffrey and Mr. Maserati, he called me. He was asking about the games last night. I told him, like, listen, if I'm a betting man, I am taking whoever the underdog is against the Niners next week to cover because the Niners without McCaffrey are a, and Debo are a whole different ball club. They can't – it's not like, congratulations, you have Ayuk and you have Kittle, but – and, J- and Jawan Jennings as your third option. Like, like, listen, the Saints had him as their second option last year, and they were a bottom feeder team. So <clears throat> the way I look, I look at it like this, right? And the everyone's like, oh, the Eagles. I'm like, a lot of the Eagles injuries are day-to-day, week-to-week. Like, there's going to be a couple that are brutal, and, like, you know, they need, do need to make a move before the deadline. But 
what scares me for the Niners is I think I think McCaffrey's only be out for like a week or two, but it kind of showed a little bit like maybe there's a problem there. If you take McCaffrey out of the game, whether it's you stuff the run the entire time, you make him beat you throwing, and they can't get them boys working outside, the the Browns just gave everyone the roadmap to beat the 49ers. Whereas with the Jets and Eagles, that was more of how the Eagles could shoot themselves as many times in the foot without actually falling over. The Jets played their hearts out and they played an amazing game. But the amount of mistakes Philadelphia made, they, the Jets should have beat them by 30. That, that was yeah, my honest The Giants the Eagles honestly, deserve to get blown out yesterday. I honestly that. think the play of that game was the fact that uh, Jalen Hurts of sacks and had I think like Michael Carter just wrapped around him tugging his jersey to bring him down to the ground and he still completed the pass to AJ Brown for like 15 yards on a first down that and to like me was like holy matter, crap he like, had, yeah he had no time the entire game he was literally running for his damn life almost 80% of the and it just abysmal performance by the O-line also I, yeah. by the way, Matt, I hate your head coach when you're playing against him I don't mind him when I'm not playing against him but I'm like Bob shut up it's annoying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, well, listen, I mean, he, he said some things that I don't think you would probably normally say if you didn't have, were on that high when he was saying, like, we we embarrassed all the quarterbacks. But if they really think about the gauntlet of quarterbacks that they, they've gone through, I mean, they've they had Josh Allen to three interceptions and a fumble. They had uh, Patrick Mahomes to two interceptions. They had Jalen to three interceptions. So they've really been disrupting some big time quarterbacks. So I, I credit the defense, and I'm, I'm really surprised that we didn't get steamrolled because. When you don't have Sauce Gardner, you don't have your your cornerback DJ Reed. You don't have his backup. And you elevate, I think, one or two guys off the practice squad. You bring your 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 slot corners, your number one corner now. Your your corner five is your corner two, and you got practice squad guys filling in. Some safeties coming up. So I I credit the defense for keeping it in check. I didn't think that they oh, would. I'm not knocking it all. Like, listen, your boys played out 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 of their fucking minds. I am very like impressed with how the Jets played effort wise, but. I think Bob's got to chill. I think Aaron Rodgers put some voodoo witch curse on any team who plays him this year with a top five quarterback. I don't know. Listen, either way, like that game's played in two weeks with both teams, like Eagles with all their one week injuries back. You guys have sauce back. We'll we'll still smoke them. We might beat you by 20. The problem is, is that we've been playing sloppy. And yesterday was the culmination. And I think Nick Sirianni probably dragged Brian Johnson into his office by his ears. It was like, dude, enough. We have an all-pro caliber running back. We have a solid number two running back. We have a quarterback who literally never turned the ball over last year. You've been our QB coach for five games. He's on pace to throw 20 fucking interceptions. Like, you gotta chill. Yeah. And at the play with that last pick, Matt. Was all curl routes on third yeah. and seven. That's not what Philly does. That's no. what New England does. We're not New England. Prime New England, not now New England. Now New England just rolls over and hands the ball off. No, I, I just I'm thankful at the end of the day, I'm thankful that Zach Wilson continued to get up because I watched this man get sacked by like Josh it's Sweat, Hassan Reddick, and Jordan Davis twice, I think. Yeah, and that's a big man. That is like Makai Becton on the defensive line. That is a huge man. Just and he he, thank I was praying to the Lord because I didn't want to see Trevor Simeon in that game. 
Um, oh, and then Mason, you remember that uh, trade I was telling you about how the guy was like number one in the league, had the highest scoring offense, and he wanted Sam Laporta. And he was like, well, I don't value tight ends that highly. I'm winning all these games with Dalton Kincaid, so like I don't really need a tight end. So you're going to have to give me like Josh Jacobs and Laporta for like more and Jameer Gibbs. And I said, no, I played him this week. I finally had Eckler back. I finally had Cup back. I just traded Christian Kirk for Raheem Mostert. And I, I'm currently smoking him 148 to 71. And he has Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen left. And I still have Austin Eckler. Yeah. But Dalton Kincaid got him zero. DJ Moore came down to earth with 10 points. He had Ramondre in that had a good game. He had James Cook gave him seven. He had Kincaid in that was out. He put Montgomery in instead of Gibbs. That, that was nothing. So he got he's now on a two game losing streak. So he's four and two, and I'm now uh, I'm about to be two and four, which I got some catch up to do. But and and I mean, shoot, you know, you think about the news out of Tampa yesterday with Montgomery being hurt now, and it's and I guess they're saying today like the direct quote was like he's going to be out for a little while, whatever that means, right? Could be a week, could be four, who knows. Um, and Gibbs really not honestly coming along the way that, you know, myself included, everybody expected him to come along. Guys like Laporta, Amon Ra, Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams, you know, we saw uh, Goff and, and Jamison link up for that, like, bomb uh, yesterday. That, that, to me, it's like, and I just by chance, I scooped up Goff um, in one of my leagues because I have Burrow. Um, yeah. but Goff is just to me like this dude is priority waiver. If you if you've got an iffy QB situation, Goff mm-hmm. is priority waiver because I mean, oh yeah, they're not using Gibbs in the in the run game like they normally do. It is really more of a of an you know pass catching back. So those Goff fantasy points and just every Lions receiver man. Calling up Craig Reynolds all to, aboard the Craig Reynolds train. To the moon, man. Like, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so, boys, we might as well get into the one-sentence game. I'm kind of excited. Want, want me to make an ass of myself even more than usual? Let's do Mace, it, man. Mace, what's your, what's the, how are your boys doing? I, I know so, it's top. so, top of the ninth, they've got one out. Um, they, were, they were only able to get that one run in the bottom of the eighth. But, so, Texas has a runner on second. See here. Okay. So just a little ground out to first, but now Texas has a runner on third, but two out. So hopefully they can get out of this inning. We're going to have the eight, yeah. nine, one hitters. So we're going to have Pena, uh, Yiner Diaz, and then Altuve up to bat. So um, we already chased Chapman. We already chased Chapman. So I feel good about that. Um, hopefully, you know, this is someone mid from their bullpen that we face in the ninth and, uh, we can make something happen here. Cause it would be great, especially with how good the Astros have played on the road this season, man, just to sneak this one, get one in at home and just run with it. Yeah, man. Cause it's just it, how, yeah. how good, if you're the Astros, right? Like, obviously if you're a Rangers fan, you're, you're biting your nails right now, but, um, 
yeah, it'd be great to pull the rug out from under them right here and just totally like steal this game from them when they have really, truly, honestly outplayed us for two games in a row now um, and totally out hit us. So we'll see what happens. Two outs, uh, two strikes and a ball here. I will uh, keep everyone updated. Hopefully All right. They can pull it out. We're rolling in. We're got, first off, we have the. One sentence game presented by the amazing folks at cannabis.com. Promo code belly of 20 for 20% off your final purchase. Uh, great company over there, cannabis. Great flavors. I have to re up soon, actually. We're going to start in college football because I'm a glutton for punishment. The Miami Hurricanes came in. They saw, they conquered the first half. And then, yeah, you can't make that many mistakes and give in expect to beat a team like North Carolina. Miami is exactly where they should be. All these people calling for Mario Cristobal's firing are basically brain dead. From what we had under Manny Diaz and the end of the Mark Richt era, this is the best the Miami Hurricanes have looked since 2016. I don't count 17. 17 was a fluke season. We're moving on to the northwestern corner of the United States where Michael Panics Jr. outdoor Bonics and listen, all credit due to Oregon. They played incredible. They look awesome. They're both top five teams, in my opinion. But Washington with Penix just dropping the dime in the bucket. And Oregon doing their best Florida State impression with wide right. Sorry, I had to bring it. Listen, Florida, we play Florida State in three weeks, and I am still like giddy. We're moving down the pipe to USC Notre Dame and USC might as well take it a pipe to the knees, man. That was ugly. Notre Dame kicked their ass up and down the field. Caleb looked eh. That, but the offensive defensive line of USC looked abysmal. Mace, you call it, brother. All right. We're going to go up north a little bit to Corvallis, where you, Oregon State, and DJ, you, I'm not going to pronounce that, whooped on UCLA and Chip Kelly's little bitch ass. So good to see that. <laughs> and finally, if anybody cares, my gimme almost went in the shitter as Alabama just barely beat Arkansas. We're going to the freaking gridiron. We're starting on Thursday where the Kansas City Swifties, oh, I'm sorry, Chiefs, took on those boys from Denver. And this was almost as ugly as Bill's and Giants. I don't know what the NFL's deal is about making the end cap and the beginning cap game abysmal. This was awful. Mahomes through bad throws. Broncos are shit. Sean Payton, you suck. All right, we're going across the ponds. Ravens just beat up on the Titans. That's the best way to summarize it. That was just a physical ball game. Zay Flowers, welcome to the end zone the week after I trade you, you loser. Um, also called Derrick Henry touchdown because of the stupid promo bet rolls. I didn't go through. Um, Falcons commanders. I thought Desmond Ritter never lost at home. Fuck me. Kill my bets this week. Uh, bang. Speaking of killing my bets, Bengals and Seahawks. Gino, what the fuck was that? 13 points. Bum. Jags and Colts. Didn't see that one coming. The streak continues. Uh, Dolphins and Panthers. I said it once. Panthers up 14, nothing. That wasn't on my bingo card, but this is a weird week in football, man. Dolphins go roaring back. Raheem Moser looking like too fast, not too injured yet. Vikings, Bears, yeah. 49ers, Browns. 
Like I said earlier in the show, you take away Devo, you take away McCaffrey. I mean, listen, most quarterbacks look not not amazing with their one and two weapons, but that that 49ers offense, I think that's more on Shanahan than Purdy because Shanahan, I think, was like trying to scramble to figure out something. Saints and Texans, CJ Stroud, I'm putting the hype train. Me and Mason have been driving that puppy since April. 49ers, Patriots. Listen, I got to give the Pats credit. They fought back in this one. I thought they were dead in the water. But Raiders, Raiders, Pats. Raiders, Pats. Sorry. Um, You're good, man. But Monday. Yeah, it is, it's Monday, and I only have a half a sip of bourbon in me. <laughs> it's Monday, man. A little no McConaughey worries. bourbon, a little uh, long branch. Very good stuff. Um, yeah, no. Raiders get the win. Yeah. Also, the most underwhelming game I saw this weekend. Lions Buccaneers. I still think both teams make the playoffs. One, this is literally going to be the three and four seeds in the NFL playoffs this year. I think the Bucks are by far the better NFC South team, and the Lions are by far the NFC North team. But the problem is you have the Eagles and the Niners, who are both going to win their divisions most likely. But hey, listen, Lions playing good right now, and and if San Fran or Philly's not careful, they may lap them for because uh, the Niners, the Lions have a much easier schedule. Uh, Rams Cardinals, Rams handle business. Pray for Kieran Williams' uh, knee. And finally, I don't give a crap about bad calls, holdings, whatever. Giants suck. Also, Haley Steinfeld's in attendance, but yet nobody cared. Okay, let's keep it that way. How about that? Let's yeah, focus she's on the a, play She's a good football girl. She's a good the football girl. That's also my girl, too. I love Haley. All right. That's the one-sentence game. Gentlemen. What stuck out to you, Matt? You cannot talk about Jets Eagles anymore. We talked about it enough. No beating a dead horse. No, I just wanted to publicly apologize to Kelsey for the beating that the uh, LSU Tigers put on the Auburn ones. Nope. Uh, my bad. That's for drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round, like three picks before us. Scumbag. <laughs> um, other than that, um, is Dorian Thompson Robinson hurt? Like, I was just not expecting to turn my TV on to see PJ Walker in the game. But how about how about the Browns having or how PJ Walker in general just having Bro, a really terrible game? Having a really terrible statistical game, yet they still upset the five on San Francisco 49ers. So shout out to them for losing to the XFL star. <laughs> I'm sure you were enjoying that, Jared. Purdy looked mid, man. Like, I'm I'm just going to go out and just say it, man. Nine completed throws before that final drive um, that ended up with them losing. Uh, he looked mid. He looked mid. I've been saying this for a while. I'm not a Purdy hater. Like, I, I think he's a serviceable quarterback. I think he's better than a guy like Mac Jones. But, look. You put Mac Jones in the 49ers offense with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. Like, I'm just not here to have people tell me that you're not going to have very similar results, um, particularly with that Niners defense there to back you up on the other side of the football. So, Purdy looked mid without his two biggest, like, shields out there in front of him for the majority of the football game. They couldn't really move the game as you could see by the fact that this dude had nine completed passes late in the fourth quarter. Um, that, that just can't happen. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on the Niners game. Uh, in college, 
Oregon choked that game away to me. I don't know what you're doing particularly. Uh, I don't know what you're doing going for that fourth down play um, around the 50-yard line. They, they got lucky. They got a second chance to miss that field goal, obviously, but I have no idea what you're doing. Throwing it alone on fourth down instead of punting it and making them drive the length of the field. But when you throw it, obviously, there's an incomplete pass. That led to a stoppage in the play clock. Just punt the ball. Trust your defense, who had all you know already been keeping you in the ball game to begin with. You know, and live with the result. I don't know why you're going for it on fourth down. You know, middle of the field. Um, and on USC, like I said, I've been saying this all year. They have been, particularly the past two weeks. With ASU and U of A, they looked like shit. Caleb put up some big statistics. That's all fine and well. Um, But you play a real defense um, in some colder weather. You know, this is a result. You get five total turnovers, three picks by Caleb. They looked like shit. The offense looked terrible. The defense is terrible, as we already know. Um, But the offense was enough to keep them in ball games in their other games. And they flat out just got outplayed. And so it'll be interesting to see how they face up against Oregon and Utah and Washington um, and USC at the end of the, or UCLA at the end of the season because they're no slouches either. But um, this is a two loss team, man, at the bare minimum. They might, they might drop three games this year. So uh, it was awesome to see them lose. Caleb Williams lost the Heisman with that game right there. There's no way he's getting it back. Um, Pathetic performance on the road, and and honestly, your toughest game of the year. I just, you know, it, it, it cracks me up. The whole, I, I don't know how to, how do I put this delicately? Like, it's just USC looks like a Pac-12 passing league team, man. Exactly. I, I mean, they looked like the what they joke. are. I make the jokes, and they prove me right. Oregon and Washington look like SEC Big Ten teams. They were duking it. That was a fist fight. Michigan was, uh, USC was like, I don't hit me, shit. Like, they're like, no, don't hit me. I don't want to get hit. So, just the whole thing to me just felt off. Um, I look at how USC's just whole seasons looked, and Mace, you, you called it. Everything led up to this. And I'm not saying Notre Dame's a good team. They're, oh, no, they're, they're okay. Not. They're a okay team. They're rank. They're a good rank. They're 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 going to be good. They're they're a top fifteen team in the country. Oh, yes. maybe top twelve. Uh, do I think my Hurricanes could beat them? Maybe. Do I think they're gonna? Do I think that USC is a good team anymore? No. They have far good. They have four good players, and it's a bunch of average dudes. They literally had a front heavy schedule. That prime time, the prime game against freaking Dion should have told everyone what was going on. Like I have a weird suspicion. That USC is going to lose three more games. I think somebody said four losses playing the season. Was that you? I said, I said, if they lose this game, well, okay. I said, regardless, I rattled off their schedule for the next six weeks. And I was just like, look, man, you don't think this is at least a two loss team. I, I don't know what you're seeing here because, and I'll pull up their schedule one more time and, and tell me this is not a fraudulent schedule up until this ND game. So you start off with, uh, San Jose State, you beat them pretty good. Nevada, Stanford, uh, Arizona State, you let Colorado come back into the ball game two weeks ago, 
and you need three overtimes to beat Arizona at home. And then now you got to go on the road and play the toughest team you've played to date in Notre Dame. They're coming off a loss. They don't want to drop another game. They, you know, they lost to a an, an inferior team in Louisville on the road. I think it's safe to say that Louisville brought their A game and beat them. That's great for Louisville. But Notre Dame on paper better team. You play that game again, I bet you Notre Dame wins. So USC, you know, the, these are their remaining games: at home versus Utah, on the road against Cal, at home against Washington away to Oregon at home UCLA to me that's minimum one other loss I could see two I, I think there's a possibility they drop both to Washington and Oregon because they, they I mean you know with that Washington and Oregon game you could run that game back 10 other times and I bet you you're gonna have five times that Oregon wins five times that Washington wins that was about as even of a game as we've seen but that was the best college football game I've watched all year so far I, I would be biased and say the Texas OU game oh, was Texas better. OU, oh, you know, honestly, Texas OU was there too. Texas Alabama was fun. Yeah, um, but but I mean, it was I, it was an I, awesome game, an awesome game nonetheless. It was cool. Offense. I got to watch it with Matt in person, which was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But but my point still stands. I think to me, end of the season, we're going to be looking at USC with three losses. I don't know how how and when they're going to come to who they're going to lose to. But after what they showed me uh, Saturday night, man, you know, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Look, the, these Pac-12 defenses suck, so maybe maybe they just drop one. Hell if I know. Uh, all I know is that, and uh, I'm not afraid to say this anymore, Caleb Williams has won one big game ever in his entire college career, and there's nothing else you can say about that. That is it. He came into that Texas game for OU. He won him the ball game. He's never won another big game in his entire career. So until that's proven otherwise, I'm going to say this dude's a big game choker. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how, like, when he gets drafted first overall or close to the draft, how people are looking at it. Like, hey, listen, he did make some mistakes. He wasn't good in big games. But we'll see what's going on. All right. Um Myself, the biggest thing I noticed was Michael Penix's accuracy was just insane. I'm just like watching him drop the ball in the bucket. I'm like, oh, the, the deep ball throws, man, were just shocking, just, utterly man, shocking. I was like, holy crap, this kid ain't missing. Um, that was a big one for me. Also, um, uh, Tez Walker, wide receiver for North Carolina, he's going to be a first round pick this How- year. I didn't catch Ooh. any of this game, Jared, just so because the USC game fast. was fast. Three touchdowns. Oh wow! He made Drake. He bailed Drake May out on four different drives, like where like Miami would have them locked up, and he would just get just behind the coverage, and just even if it was a ten yard, a fifteen yard, they had a sixty yard bomb, and I'm just like, I'm like, we don't have anybody to cover this. Six for one thirty-two and three TDs. That's pretty legit, man. I mean, he yeah, you're right. A different breed. And, and and shit, I mean, that's that's his first game back, you know, after second, being off that. Second. Oh, he he played two he weeks played, ago. He played last week. Like he was like sparing. He played like ten plays or whatever. But it was like I'm watching this dude play. I was like, Holy shit, there's nobody yeah. on our field and cover. And the the craziest thing is, Mason, is that halftime. We were up by three. Yes, I, so we I saw. I saw the halftime in the final on the line of scrimmage. They couldn't move the football. 
besides Tez Walker. And then I don't know what happened at halftime. It looked like the Super Bowl where like our t- my team just came out and just laid an egg. I was like, what the shit? And Van Dyke started making mistakes. Guys started. It was just. Do, I mean, does Mag- anyone... those teams are a lot closer than that score in that game? Yeah. Honestly, talent wise, those teams are very close. But that North Carolina team has been together for four years. Where this Miami team is just starting to build that like culture with yeah. the ball, and 100%. that's what it really came down to. They couldn't 100%. hang with them towards the end. I, I was, was just a uh, there was a pre Chargers and Cowboys game brawl. I did see that. And the I will add the Astros uh, did did lose two very long fly balls in the ninth inning. One to uh, right field that their right fielder caught at the wall, um, and then Altuve had. If you if you guys can think about where you know the the shape of Minute Maid Park, you have that kind of. I know exactly where he hit this ball. So, so the Crawford box area just to the right of it where the left fielder caught it last night, uh, that Bregman should have hit that ball out, but, you know, it's 10 feet to the right. Anyway, yeah, just a, just a tough loss. But I was going to add on to, to the UNC Miami thought, does anyone else feel like Drake May is just going criminally underrated this season? Oh, I, yeah, no, he's playing so bad. I, and the thing was like, so the one thing I noticed about him is he's got an issue. If you create chaos in front of him, if you can keep him in the pocket and just make him dance, you can't let him get outside the pocket. He does make mistakes. He's not like pro polish. And it's not like, I still think, so here's my hot take. He's the most talented quarterback in this class. You put Caleb Williams on a UNC team against Miami, Miami wins because one thing Williams has not done well is take hits. May was getting blasted by the Miami pass rush. They were hitting him, and he just got up and kept slinging. I was like, there's very few times with North Carolina where I'm like, I'm like begrudgingly respecting their football program. But after that game, I was just like, you know what? I hate Tez Walker. I hate Drake May. But God damn it, do I respect them. Holy shit, they're both good. That was how it was. Also, Mac Brown, you're still a, a hot, a, an old bag of hot air. But I mean, honestly, it's like watching a, a dust-filled leather bag bitch and mow up the sideline. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just... a very dirty team, by the way. They, almost 200 yards in penalties. Like they, and 80, 80 to 90 percent of them were not ticky tack. They were just blatant. I'm like, I, I, I'm really going to be interested to see where where UNC goes after May is gone because I feel like. You know, we're seeing the kind of resurgence. Uh, I think Miami is two years off. I think Florida State is one year off. Um, no, know, this Clint- is as good as no, this is as good as Florida State's going to be. You think so? This you don't is think they're going to step they, it up? This is their year because North Carolina's recruiting class is great. Miami's is great. Louisville's picking it up. I don't think Clemson will be down bad forever. I think once they get rid of Club Nick, they'll kind of like sort of work their way back in. Yeah, they're, kind of, they, they're going to be the new. They're going to be the new NC State. Let's be honest. They're what NC State was during the Clemson years, where they're a good team with a good defense, but they can't really score points that well. I think yeah, it's so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I I think Mac Brown is a competent coach. I don't think he's a all world coach. You know, I don't think he's a Mario Cristobal or a um, you know, a Nick Saban or a any of these guys, right? Like, I don't think he's an upper echelon coach anymore. But 
I think he can recruit decently well. I think he's good at finding hidden gems and diamonds in the rough. And that's what he did with Drake May. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see where, you know, they kind of fall out when you, when you have schools like Miami and Florida State. And, you know, like you said, Jared, schools like Louisville and Duke is picking it up. Um, where they kind of land in that mix, you know what I mean? Because now it's the ACC. So, as your resident ACC guy, right? I want to see Duke be consistent year to year because every couple years we get that one Duke team. They've got a little, a couple players on their roster. They play okay. They underperform, and then they're back to being a bottom feeding roster again. And it's kind of like it's the same old song and dance. Whereas, like, you know, with North Carolina, they've been just kind of like rising slowly since like 2015. They've just been good. Right. Miami's kind of been puttering around. But now with Cristobal, you're starting to just the vibe around the, the team is different. They're playing a lot better. Clemson has been kind of sputtering even three years ago. Ever since Lawrence went to the NFL, I was just saying, I'm like, listen, this is not going to end well. This team is going to eventually. To, and, and, the ACC and, is the most up for grabs division in college. Yes, one hundred percent. You know, with the pack, I, I would say the ACC and the Big Twelve are just even. You know, they're they're both kind of in that weird no man's land where it's like the, the Big Twelve is the exact same because you've got some of these Pac twelve schools joining up in Colorado, Utah, um, and. You know, you have your schools like Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, TCU. You know, even I think some would argue U of H has capability to kind of get in that mix of just like being the second or third or fourth best team in the conference. And the ACC is the same way. Um, I think another school, Jared, and, you know, I solely say this because of the amount of money that this alumni and fan base is going to pump into this program but smu i think it's not going to happen instantly but i think you give it, is the coach that's that's he's the coach for that program i think i think you give it three four years man they could be now i'm not saying best team in the conference i'm just saying very relevant you know winning you know taking games off miami florida state you know once every once in a while right kind of like the old miss right of like the ACC. Um, and I, like I said, I solely say that just because, as we all know, the SMU fan base and the boosters and the alumni, you know, they, yeah. they have wealth and they are willing to contribute to see their um, athletics prosper. There you go. All right. So. I'm going to put a, a ball on this before we do our final thoughts and we'll let us roll out of here. We got game one kicking off, uh, first pitch in about an hour. Monday football, uh, no, sorry, about 10 minutes. Monday football's in about maybe 20. Uh, it's a nice same game parlay. Actually, let's see if it hits. If it hits, a couple grand for me. Get my ass out of debt for a couple weeks. Um, this week was, I, I jokingly call this like the sports apocalypse, but let's be real. 49ers lost to the Browns. The Eagles lost to the Jets. The Bills almost lost if it wasn't for a bad call to the Giants. Kyle Pitts scored a touchdown on American soil. Yeah, no, this was a weird week of football. Um, 
Do not base anything off this week. Don't. Just this week was that week. And I said this to my buddy before the show. The Philadelphia Eagles have one. Maybe this is kind of funny how it fell in this week. The Eagles had always one game every year. I went back every year. It was like one game where you're just like, what the fuck was that? Last year was Washington, uh, that third that Monday night game. Year before it was the Raiders blowing us out by forty, and then Miles Sanders getting hurt. Twenty twenty was the entire fucking season. Twenty nineteen, yeah, I can keep going back and forth, right? But like every year, the Eagles always had one loss where you're just like, "What the fuck just happened? We should have won this shit. What the hell?" And that was this week. I think the Niners, honestly, they play Cleveland tomorrow. They smoke them with that same roster with the injuries. It's just. You know, it happens. Any given Sunday, it's a real fucking thing. The Kyle Pitts thing makes me think the world's ending, though. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Someone, just luckily enough in my league, you know, he he's one of these dudes that it's like, yeah, man, I'm just going to ride it out, bro. Like, I, you know, I'm just... I, I swear, man, I'm riding it out. Like, you know... he And he didn't draft Kyle Pitts. He, act, he actually scooped him off waivers. So... He's not one of these total homers that, like, you know, took him in the second or third round like a total idiot. But, like, you know, is is also conversely a total idiot for thinking that, like, if I ride it out long enough with Pitts, like, I'm actually going to see fantasy results. And it's taking anyone on the Falcons outside of Bijan Robinson is just a crime. There you go. All right, gentlemen, any other final thoughts before we roll out of here today and we let the folks enjoy their week? We'll see them on Thursday. No, I've got uh, – I think we pretty much covered everything with everything. Both sides What's this week's Thursday night football game? It's a fantastic question. Oh, God. Oh, what God. Why? Why? Jags at New Orleans. Why? Who I, let me, let me just before we get out of here, everybody, let me rattle off the remaining Thursday night oh, football schedule. God. Just so you can uh, feel a little bit more depressed on your Monday evening. Real quick. Okay, so week seven. Jaguars at New Orleans. That's four and two versus three and three. Um, Lawrence is having MRIs done on his leg because it's banged up. So that could be an even worse game than we expect. Week eight, two weeks from now, Bucks, Bills. Could be an okay game, um, you know, maybe not awful, but I would imagine, you know, last weekend in October in Buffalo, I don't think that weather is going to be too amazing. Following that up with Tennessee versus the Steelers, that is going to be a head where you want to rip your eyes out. Followed by this might, under. this might be worse than the other Thursday night game that Chicago was in, Panthers versus Bears. Oh, oh yes, sign me up for the loser bowl 2022 or three. Bengals, Ravens. That could actually be good. Um, Dolphins, Jets, obviously at the beginning of the season. This would have that's been awesome. The, that's the Black Friday game, right? It is. That is Aaron Rodgers walks out. It's insider, it's an inside job with Amazon Prime. They're they're Seahawks. talking about him possibly coming back before the season's over. I don't know if it's gonna happen, but don't buy into that, Matt. Don't don't pull on your heartstrings, dude. Don't do it. Okay, Seattle, Dallas, uh, okay. Patriots, Steelers, terrible. Chargers, Raiders, probably terrible. Juju Smith revenge game. Saints, Rams, 
Jets, Browns. So, I mean, out of those games that I rattled off, there's like maybe three like that aren't terrible. potential for like two to three, like you said, Jared, that are actually like watchable slash interesting if you don't have fantasy players. So pretty much 70% of the next, the rest of the Thursday night games are going to be terrible. Yes. I swear somebody at the NFL scheduling office just really hates Amazon. I bet you yes. it's because Walmart bought the Broncos, so they're like, don't give Amazon anything. I, I think that's probably fair. It's an inside job. We are all we all know it. All right. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have an awesome Monday night. Uh go snakes, cause uh Chris isn't here to yell go fightins. So uh go snakes. Let's hope my boys pull one off and uh salvage my weekend of misery. Um first pitch is in about five minutes and uh Chargers uh Cowgirls should be a fun, interesting matchup. I took uh Eckler for a touchdown. I took Herbert for 225 passing and a Chargers win to go along with. Eckler caught a nat. You guys can go look at the video on Twitter, but he caught a nasty stray in that little brawl. Oh, it's okay. He's going to run even harder now. Why is that little guy running in there? No helmet on either. Cowboys are dirty players. <laughs> Matt is just like, you got to be shitting me, man. I just got him back. It's been yeah. four weeks. Go check that out on Twitter, Matt. Oh, that's you all right. got a nice stray, dude. Great. Why is fucking Darren Sproles 2.0 trying to fight a six? Yeah, why is he in the thick of it? I'm with you. Get to the all locker right. room, pal. Yeah, yeah, all right, boys. We'll we'll let him roll out here. Uh, Matt's congrats. You got your uh, – the streak is over. 13 and 1 is now the the record against the Jets for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Cheers, 12, baby. 12 and 1, 12 and 1. Now we have one more streak we got to break now. We're, we're at the end of the year. We got to I mean, listen, at, at this point the Patriots will somehow stumble into a win against you guys. It'll you know be gonna hard. Happen? I'm I'm going to paint the picture for you guys right now. The Jets are going to go on some crazy run at the end of the year because the schedule gets a lot easier. And they're going to be in in the area of like eight and eight or nine and seven, heading into the last game of the year, and it's going to be one of those games where the Jets win, they secure the last wild card spot, and Bill Belichick is going to make Zach Wilson look like the smallest man alive, and we're going to wind up losing like like twelve to nine. It's going to be some thirteen nine, thirteen the, ten, the some bullshit football score. game you've ever seen. As yeah, well. it'll probably like, be worse than the week three game. And it, we'll we'll finish nine and eight or eight and nine, and we'll miss it. And then somebody like the fucking Raiders will just sneak in somehow. Some bullshit. Aiden like O'Connell will sneak the. We'll see yeah. Aiden O'Connell the, in like the Nickelodeon game. <laughs> you'll see like the Kenny Pickett in the playoffs oh because he God. finished with the same record as the Jets, but like they've got one more AFC win. Can we also talk about how the fact like the Ra- everyone's like talking about how the Raiders are like kind of like middle of the road team? They're not. No, like they're terrible. They're right. They're, they're, they're awful, man. They're, the they're right And also, this also gives some credit to Shanahan. Jimmy G's fucking terrible. He's fucking terrible. Wait, who? Who? Jimmy G is fucking terrible. Oh well, man. Oh my god. Yeah, he he, he might have been a system guy. He just worked in the Patriots system and he worked in the Niners system, but it's not. Personally. And so this is what they this is what they they say to me when I say that Purdy is is a system merchant. But like, you know, will we ever know? Probably not. But uh, put Purdy on like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Put put Purdy on the New England Patriots, dude. He's doing nothing. 
Put him on the Texans. Like, nothing's happening. Free trail Lance. Have a play tonight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for us. We'll catch you on Thursday for another Corn Booth pregame. We'll have a six-pack guests, the Ruck Report. Matt's going to be there with the crazy hair and beer combinations changing every week. We might do a Mr. T Mohawk at the end of the season. Who knows? All right. We'll catch you all later. Shout out to our sponsors. SeatGeek promo code BELLYUP for $20 off your initial purchase. BELLYUP20 is the promo code for our friends over at Candips.com for 20% off your order. And, of course, our friends at BELLYUP Media and Mauler Bros for producing the show. We'll catch you guys on Thursday. Have a good week. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.